We're in a series called Check Your Heart, and uh, it's going to be awesome tonight. We're going to talk about something that is uh, near and dear to my heart. I'm passionate about it. Uh, there's not a whole lot of things I'm not passionate about, but uh, I'm passionate about this specifically. And uh, last week, uh, our pastor, Pastor Chase, come on, can we get over Pastor Chase? I've, uh, I've grew, I grew up in a Christian home. I've been at this church my whole life, 23 years. And uh, I've personally been through a lot of youth pastors. Uh, I've seen a lot of youth pastors. When you are a youth pastor, you can kinda, you're kind of in that world, and there's kind of like a network. And so you get to know people. And can I tell you, not, not every youth pastor loves and, and, and is for the students like Pastor Chase. Not, this, that's, not a, that's not just like a given uh, in ministry. That's not just a given in youth ministry. Uh, and so I'll, I want to remind you the privilege and the, the gratitude that we ought to have for our pastor, because it really is a blessing to have a pastor who actually loves the students, actually cares about their heart, their growth. And so we love you. We love you. We love you. Give it up for Pastor Chase. And I'm going to continue that series called Check Your Heart. And um, this whole series comes from a, a verse, uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 23. Clayton, you can put that up on the screen. And it says this, all things are lawful, but not all things are helpful. All things are lawful, but not all things build up. And it's this whole idea that heart transformation is greater than behavior modification. Heart transformation is greater than behavior modification because if all you do is fix the behavior I like to say that it just kind of manifests somewhere else right like I, I can just stop doing one thing but if I haven't gotten to the heart of the matter my heart is still the same and so it's just going to find another action another thing to do just because I fixed that one doesn't mean it's not going to come up somewhere else in my life we have to deal with the heart everybody say heart we have to deal with the heart and so tonight, I want to talk about the power of your words. Ooh. The power of your words. And I want to read to you a couple of scriptures before we get to a main scripture. And we're just going to read, uh, the main scripture is just one verse. But I got a couple of verses that I just want to read to you. And I want, to, I want you to think about. I want you to consider as we, uh, as we talk about the power of our words. Uh, Proverbs 18, verse 21 says, the power of life and death is in the tongue. That's pretty serious biz. You know what I mean? Thanks, Kaylin. <laughs> the power of life and death. So, I mean, the, 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 the writer of this, this proverb, he's trying, to make a, he's trying to make you, like, really realize. Like, it's the power not of just, like, like someone's feelings being hurt. No, it's the power of life and death, and it's in your tongue. Your words matter. Amen? Amen. Moving on, Luke uh, chapter 6, verse 45. It says, the good person out of good treasure of his heart produces good, and the evil person out of his evil treasure produces evil. And this is what I want you to catch right here. For out of the abundance of the heart, his mouth speaks. Can we move the lights a little bit so they stop doing that? Thank you. Luke chapter 6, out of the, that's what I want to catch you. Out of the abundance of the heart, his mouth speaks. The, the mouth speaks. Uh, it, it, the words that come into your mouth are a reflection of your heart. Ooh, you're taking notes. The words that come out of your mouth are a reflection of your heart. 
out of the abundance of your heart, right? out of the overflow in some translations, out of the overflow of your heart. So what's, what's overflowing out of your heart, what's really in the depths of you, who you are when no one's looking, that's what's going to come out of your mouth. Out of the abundance of your heart, your mouth speaks. Again, this is all throughout scripture. Just another, just a reminder that words matter. The words, you have power in your words, life and death, and they're really important. James chapter 3 Verse 9 and 10, it says, he's talking about the tongue. He's talking about our mouth. He's talking about what we say. And says, with it we bless our Lord and Father, and with it we curse people who are made in the likeness of God. Ouch. From the same mouth come blessing and cursing. My brothers, these things ought not to be so. Right? It's this, this duplicity of what comes out of our mouth, right? We can sing songs like, what a beautiful name, Right? And then we go to school, and out of our mouth, that person is so stupid. You know, I, I, mean, I don't want to put that on anybody, but right, the, the, the duplicity of what comes out of our mouth, it's crazy. And it's a reflection of our heart. It's a heart matter, right? This whole, this whole series, it's about the heart transformation and the power of words. And if that's not enough, Genesis chapter 1, verse 3, when God's literally creating the world, no biggie, He's literally creating the world, the world, the, the world. And he said, he said, and God said, let there be light. God said, let there be light. You know what? God literally, he, I mean, he created the world. He can do whatever he wants. <laughs> he can do whatever he wants. And so that means that he could have created, he could have said, you know, he could have like, and, and he thought light and there was light, Right? Or he could have, you know, it could have said like, and he breathed and light showed up, you know, like it's God. He can do whatever he wants. But no, it says, and God said, let there be lights. And can I tell you, our God does stuff with intention. He's on, he's a purposeful God. And he did this on purpose from the beginning of time. It's about the power of our word. There was power in his words. And he said, let there be light. And there was light. You ever been to like a restaurant? <laughs> you ever been to a restaurant and uh like ordered food and stuff and uh and you're like 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 if you're me like like yes I'll take white rice not brown rice and light black beans double chicken that's that's yeah I know because I like I like to boil. Oh, I guess that yeah it's not whatever anyways Okay, but you get your food, right? You order your food, and you're like, this, this is what I want, right? And, they, and you're just waiting for it, and you're waiting for it. Sometimes my wife likes to go to the bathroom, like, right when she thinks it's about to come so that she can come back and be, like, just, like, surprised with it, you know? And, uh, right? It's, it's awesome. We all know. You all know we do it, okay? <laughs> Whatever. And uh, you go to a restaurant, and you're waiting for your food, and then you get your food, and they're like, you know, here's your food. And... And then, and then they're like, they're like, you know, thank you, and like, they're like, enjoy your food, and you're like, you too. <sighs> the next time that you eat a meal or a snack, you know, you too, <laughs> right? It just comes out of our mouth. It just like, just you too. It's just a habit, right? Like you, you, you walk into the airport, and uh, you, you know, you're at the, the like the line where the people are like, they're just at work. They're not flying. They're not your. They're not your whatever they're called. What are they? 
flight attendants or pilots, right? They're just at, they're just at the front and you get the thing. You're like, they're like, enjoy your flight. And you're like, you too, man. Oh, right. <laughs> the next time you, you fly, <laughs> right? Right. We just say that. We just like, flips out of our, I mean, just flippantly, just like comes out of our mouth. And the, and the point of why I tell you this, because I think it's hilarious and a comedian talks about it, it's really funny, but, but we let words come right out of our mouth. We let words come right out of our mouth without thinking or checking the motive. And can I tell you, more often than not, it's a reflection of your heart. It's a reflection of your heart. Right, we say things a lot of times, and it's just like flippantly, just like like the Bible talks a lot about being slow to speak. We ain't slow to speak, a lot of times, and things just come right out of our mouth, and we just like want to like you know put them back in. Right, we just we just throw words out, and a lot of times like you know like you know in the movies they like say something that's like a little too far, and like oh I didn't mean that. Right, but it's a, it's a, it's coming out of our it's coming out of our mouth, and Scripture says that out of the overflow of your heart, your mouth speaks. Out of the abundance of your heart, your mouth speaks. The things that come out of our mouth are a reflection of our heart. And what I want to talk to you tonight about is the heart transformation that needs to happen when it comes to what we speak, because young person, it, like there is power in your words. Life, I mean, life and death kind of stuff. There's power in your words. And we cannot help the fact that our words are connected to our heart. We just can't. It's just, it's just a part of how we're wired, how we're created, how God made us. Our words are connected to our heart. I want to read a scripture that I was just, you know, a couple measurements of time ago. <laughs> I'm bad with time. Um, I was reading, and uh, it's kind of struck, it kind of struck me, and uh, it's Romans chapter 1. If you have a Bible, you can turn there. We're just going to read one verse. It's going to be up on the screen if you don't have a Bible with you. But Romans chapter 1, starting in verse 1, and only verse 1, it says this, Paul, a servant of Christ Jesus. Pause uh, before, I, before I read the verse. A lot of these letters... Uh, which is most of what the New Testament is made up of, uh, they are letters, right? And so they are opened with, they start with uh, some form of greeting or some kind of introduction uh, usually. And so this one is Paul, obviously. Uh, Paul wrote most of the letters that you'll read. And uh, he wrote Romans to uh, the people in Rome. And, uh, and so Paul writes in verse one as this introduction, as a greeting. He says, Paul, a servant of Christ Jesus, called to be an apostle, Set apart for the gospel of God. Paul, a servant of Christ Jesus, called to be an apostle, set apart for the gospel of God. Let's pray real quick. Father, thank you for your word. God, I thank you that your scripture is not just a history book, but it's, it's a map. It's a guide to my life. It feeds me. It leads me. And God, may I, may I, May I be even convicted as I preach. May we be convicted. May we be challenged. May we leave this place looking just a little bit, even if it's just a little bit, more like Jesus. That's it. That's all I want. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So Paul, a servant of Christ Jesus, called to be an apostle, set apart. Everybody say set apart. Come on, say like you mean it. Say set apart. 
set apart right the bible talks a lot about being set apart and can i tell you if you believe in jesus if you're a follower of jesus and you claim that's you know that's the life that you've chosen can i tell you you are set apart you hear me you are set apart you're set apart that's a big deal because you live in a world that tries to conform and look like everybody else we just compare, we get jealous, and we just like, like whether you know it or not, you just want to look like other people. But can I tell you, you weren't called to, you weren't called to go with the flow. You weren't called to just like fit in. You're called to stand out. That's so cheesy, but it's true. You're set apart, and I love, I love that. You know, Paul, Paul starts that he could. I mean, he really could have opened with anything. You know, he could, he really could have opened his introduction with, with anything. He could have made it more focused on that. But I love that he just says, set apart for the gospel of God. You are set apart. And I want to talk like, I want, I want to talk about that because you are set apart. But do you talk like it? And that's what I want to talk about. You are set apart. That's a fact. But do you talk like it? Do your words reflect a life set apart for the gospel of God. And so if you're taking notes, I want you to write this down because this is a thought I want you to consider that I think sometimes we forget. Set apart isn't a one-time decision. It's an everyday decision. It's not a one-time decision. It's an everyday waking up, I'm going to decide to live set apart. And that means my whole life. I, I preached a couple weeks ago, and I talked about that. I think sometimes we kind of compartmentalize our, our walk and our relationship with Jesus. Can I tell you, God wants your whole life. God wants your whole life, and that means the words that come out of your mouth, how you talk, both to others and to yourself. We're going to talk about that a little bit. But you are set apart. But the question I want to ask is, do you talk like it? And so tonight, I want to hit on some different things that, that, that maybe come out of your mouth, maybe don't come out of your mouth but are common things in our, in our culture um, that, that can seem pretty simple, can seem pretty innocent, uh, but they are words, and words have what? They have power. Come on. You're preaching now. You should preach. You got one preach? No, I'm just kidding. I'm preaching. <laughs> but I want to hit on some different things, and so this is going to look, this is going to look a little different, and it's going to be pretty practical, uh, but I, I want to just kind of go through some stuff, and then we're going to talk about some other things, and then we're going to get out of here. The first is profanity, cussing, okay? And again, this series is not about right or wrong. It's about heart transformation. It is not, I, we are not, please hear me. We are not about painting, you know, black and white, and this is wrong, and this is, this is right, you know, whatever. We're not, that is not what we're here to do. We're here to preach heart transformation, and heart transformation happens when we get close to Jesus. And nothing's off limits when we, when we step into relationship with Jesus. We give our whole life, and so our whole life is up for change if he, if he wishes. Hey, you really need to change that in your life. You need to stop talking like that. All right, I surrender to that. I believe that you know what's best for me. It's about heart transformation. So profanity. And so I'm not here to say that cussing is wrong, and if you do it, you're wrong or bad or you're going to hell. Like, that's not what I'm trying to say. But I am here to encourage us to check our hearts and check our motive. So why, why do we cuss? Don't, please don't answer. <laughs> but but what, why, why, do we, why, why do we cuss? Why do we need to say those things, right? There's so many options 
of, of different words or how we could say something. And, uh, and, and, and I just want, I want to, uh, these are just questions not to make you feel guilty, but the questions to just check your heart. You know, if, if you're very, if you're really quick, like stub your toe and you're like, oh, you know, like if that's you, or, or maybe it just comes out of your mouth more, more out of like will. And you just begin to say those things. Like, why, why do you say it? What's your motive? Why do you say those things? I feel like a lot of times it's like, oh, it's just like who I, it's just like who I am. It's not like, not a big deal. What? It's who I am? You know who you are? You're a child of God set apart for the gospel of God. That's who you are. So why do we say those things? The second one is passivity. This is, this is just everywhere. And this is both in like face-to-face talking, but this is also like text, right? Like you're just like, K. You know, you, you get that text, just K. My mom doesn't understand that K can be kind of like a passive thing. So she sends K dot, dot, dot. And she just, that's just like my mom being like, thumbs up. <laughs> I think it's so funny. But I want to ask you this question. How often are your words towards people passive? And when I say passive, like you have an ulterior motive that you're trying to get at. You know, you're trying to, you know, you're trying to play pity party. You're trying to get a specific, a certain answer from them. And you're going at it passively maybe passive aggressively, right? Why do we respond to people like that? How often are your words? If you were to, you know, look at the percentages of the words that come in your mouth when you're, when you're talking to people, like how often are your words passive? Can I tell you, God has called us to reject passivity. There's too many people in our world. There's too many people that are living life just passive, passive phrases after passive phrases, just saying things like to, you know, whatever it is, whatever their motive is, but just this passivity that, that is just not, is not creating in you what God has called you to be. It just isn't. It's this, it's this thing that, that, that causes us like just like to, to not, not fully commit to our words. And, And the Bible talks about letting our yes be yes and our no be no, like, but let's be, let's be people who reject passivity. In a world of people that just kind of speak passively to you, man, the best way to respond to passivity, if you have someone in your life, you know, a family member, a friend that's just so passive in, your, in their communication with you, you know the best way to respond to those kinds of people? Not passively. <laughs> be direct. Be honest. Right? So often we feel like we have to respond with passivity. And I want, I want to ask this, like, why, why, do we, why do we feel the need? Like, there's what, what is in my heart? Because there is a motive to every word that comes out of your mouth. And so what in my heart needs to change and look more like Jesus? So, you know, what, what, is, what is not looking like Jesus that is causing me to, to desire a certain response from people, whether it's approval or affirmation, and so I have to be passive in order to get it? What in your heart? You know, if, if, if that's you, but you don't know what it is, write that down. I, I talk passively a lot, okay? Write that down. And then this week, think about it. What in my heart? What in my heart is not satisfied in Jesus that I have to talk passively to people? This, this series, probably more than anything, is about asking questions to yourself. Like, what questions can you ask yourself so that you're, that you're checking your heart to look more like Jesus? And so passivity, I think that's a huge one. This one I'm really passionate about. Uh, sarcasm slash humor sarcasm slash humor uh don't get me wrong i i think uh i think sarcasm is hilarious i really do in the right context and i want to i want to talk about this because uh where we need to check our hearts oftentimes is we use sarcasm and humor actually as a mask for actual truth 
And that's where we step into this place where it's like our heart is not in the right motive or the right place. And I talk to, I talk to a lot of people about this a lot. I talk to my wife a lot about this. And I think more often than not, in every sarcastic comment, there's just, a, there's just one hint of truth. Even if it's like the littlest thing. Just one hint of truth. And why do I think that? Because out of the overflow of your heart, your mouth speaks. I just, I just do. And I'm not, I'm not here to say, like, you can't ever speak a sarcastic comment ever again. That is not my heart. But I, what I do want you to ask yourself is why? Why do I, why do I, why do I default to sarcasm? And maybe checking your heart of, like, when do I get sarcastic? Is it times where I'm you know, in pain? Is it times where I'm feeling lonely? Is it times when I'm hurt by somebody? Like, check your heart. Ask, ask yourself those questions. Because I think oftentimes there's hints of truth in there. And the last two I'm just going to fly through because I want to get to the next part. But gossip, someone uh, once told me, and it, it has literally never left me. They said, if they gossip to you, they'll gossip about you. They gossip to you, they gossip about you. And gossip, uh, the Bible says that people who gossip are a fool. And that, that's not to make anybody feel bad because it's just how they talked back then. But in, in Proverbs, <laughs> you should read it. It's really good, though. But gossip doesn't do anything but feeds your flesh. <laughs> feeds that desire in you to, like, be in control and know things. Like, it just feeds this, this curious flesh of yours. And it's not healthy. And the last one, I, I wrote during worship because I didn't think about it until worship. But the words that come out of our mouth that are self-deprecating. And I didn't think about this because a, a lot of what I want to talk about is how we talk to people. But man, I forget. Man, we talk to ourselves all day. We talk to ourselves all day. And what I want to hit on with, with that, that sarcasm and even gossip, and, but mostly uh, sarcasm and self-deprecating things. Uh, it's not a matter of, of right and wrong, but it is a matter of what are you willing to give up if the Lord told you to? So if you're taking notes, I want you to write, set apart is surrender. Set apart is surrender. Living a set apart life means surrendering things over to Jesus that are your preferences. Maybe you even think they're your personality, but can I tell you, there are things that we do that have nothing to do with that, and they're just things that feed our flesh, and we need to give it over in surrender to Jesus to say, God, you have my whole life. Are you willing to let the Lord convict you of the words that are coming out of your mouth? Are you willing to let go of those things? And again, like cussing, sarcasm, all this stuff, all, all, all the different things, the words that come out of our mouth. I, I, don't, I don't want you to hear that this is a matter of right and wrong. But I think oftentimes, I think oftentimes we can justify what we say because, you know, like the Lord knows my heart. That phrase, whatever that means. Like the, like the Lord knows my heart. Like I say those things, but like the Lord knows my heart. Or, you know, like I say something like sarcastic, but, it, you know, it had that, that dagger of truth to somebody that, you know, I'm close to. And, and you know, but that person knows my heart. They, they know me well enough. They know that I was sarcastic. And the truth is they, they may know your heart. 
and they may know that you're being sarcastic. But that doesn't mean the devil won't use that hint of truth against them. Because the devil will use anything. Think about that for a second. I don't want to make anybody feel guilty because I, I, we are all in this boat of learning how to speak kindly and speak loving and be Jesus with, with what comes out of our mouth. But think about a sarcastic comment that you know deep down in you, like has just a little hint of truth towards somebody. And the devil will take that, he'll twist it, he'll make it bigger than it is, and he'll use it as a stronghold that may keep some back, somebody back for, for, for who knows how long. The devil will use an inch and he'll take it, he'll take it 5,000 miles. And the same thing that the Lord spoke to me during worship, just these self-deprecating words that you speak to yourself. Can I tell you, the devil will use that against you and he'll make it bigger and he'll make it much you know, larger and more of a big deal and more important than it actually is and it'll keep you stuck. And if that's you, just for a second, I just want to take a moment. If that, if that is you and you feel like, man, I just talk to myself so poorly, whether it's through thoughts or literally through your mouth, you're saying stuff that's just about yourself. I'm not good enough. I'm ugly. I'm not smart. I'm not as good as them. Whatever it is. Can I tell you, go read Philippians chapter 4, and it talks about speaking what is true. Like what, reminding ourselves what's true. But, I'll, man, the devil will use your self-deprecating words that you say, and, and he'll, he'll convince you to say them over and over and over again till you actually believe them as truth. And the question I want to ask tonight, are your words glorifying God, and are they building up people? Because that's, man, that's what I want to do. Are my words glorifying to God and building up people? If they're not, man, I need to check my heart. If they're not, I need, to, I need to surrender. I'm set, up, I'm set apart. God, I, I give you my whole life. I'm set apart for the gospel of God. And so, man, if, if things that I say, I said something this morning and my wife came up to me and in loving grace, she came up to me and just said, hey, you said this. And I just can't help but think that like that may have like really offended some people or, or whatever. And I just, and it was just another reminder of just, man, like I, I, I need to be careful. I need to be intentional. What words that are coming out of my mouth? And, and what that question, what, what people, and come on, life groups, people in your life that will say, hey, you said that, and, and I, I, don't know, I don't know if you knew this or not, but that actually may have hurt that person. You should probably check your heart. You need people in your life that are, that are calling you up to, to ask, are your words glorifying God, and are they building up people? Are you reflecting a life set apart? And what I don't want to communicate tonight is that this means you have to live a, a black, and white, black and white life. It's just right, wrong. This is what I have to say. This is what I can't say. That is not the heart of the Father. And as we close tonight, I want to talk to one, one last group of people because I, be, I think this might be a lot of us. All right? 1 Corinthians 10, 23, kind of the theme verse for this series. It says, all things are, you know, possible. You can do anything you want, but not everything's going to be beneficial to your soul, right? That's what, that's what it's saying. And so maybe you're not speaking bad things, right? Maybe you're not, maybe you're not using profanity often. Maybe you're not, 
you know, saying things that, you know, are, have subliminal truth to it. Maybe you're not saying things that are, you know, rude or offensive. Maybe you're not, maybe you're pretty good about speaking truth over your life. Um, but I think some of you, whether, you know, you grew up in a Christian home or, you, you know, you've loved Jesus for, for at least a little bit now and, and you're good at, you know, checking your heart. Maybe you're not sarcastic in a, in a, in a, in a harmful way or, or a negative way. Uh, but you need to be encouraged tonight with this. You have a voice given by God. So speak up. And if that's you tonight, you just feel like, man, like, I, I have things to say. I have things that God speaks to me, and I just keep it to myself. Can I encourage you? God's given you a voice, so speak up. Speak up. Use your words to glorify God and build people up. I don't care if you're an introvert and, like, that's not my personality. I'm just not, like, one of those, like, people who, like, talks and stuff. Can I tell you? God giving you something to say and to speak to, whether a large group or one person, that has nothing to do with your personality or, or your, your, your Enneagram or your ENF, whatever, like introvert. I don't like to talk to people. I don't, I, I'm quiet. I'm, I'm soft-spoken. Can I tell you, God put something in your heart. Speak up. Speak up. I, I said this to someone once. We don't need someone like you. We need you. Because you have something specific that God's placed in you, words that, 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 that maybe could be articulated somewhat closely like somebody else. But can I tell you, God created you specifically. You're the only you that we've got. And so if we've got something in your heart, words that have been deposited in you in the quiet time when you're reading this thing, because come on, we need to be reading this thing. If that is you, come on, you need to speak up. We need you in this body of Christ. We need you to speak up and speak the things that God's deposited in you. I need that. Maybe, maybe the thing that you have is my freedom. Maybe the words that you have unlock something in me that I've never, I've never been able to realize, and you say it and just unlocks me, and man, my life has changed forever. You have no clue of the power in your words. And so if you're in this room tonight and you've, you, have, you have delegitimized yourself, you have reduced yourself down to my words are not important, you are important and your words are important, and God has something specific that he's depositing in you, and so you need to speak up. And the time to start is right freaking now. And then I want to, this last, this last thing that you can take, you can write down, my last point, that, that is something for all of us. And it's this. I'm not called to be a lukewarm builder-upper. I am not called to be a lukewarm builder-upper. Come on, there's some things, sarcasm, cussing, whatever it is that we need to check our heart with. Yes, 100%. But man, more than anything, if you get anything from this message, the words that come out of our mouth should glorify God and build people up. And can I tell you, I'm, I'm not called, you are not called, we are not called to be lukewarm builder-uppers. Jesus did not die on a cross and be resurrected for me to go halfway in my relationship with him. Jesus did not die on a cross and resurrect for me to speak to people or about people negatively. No, Jesus died on a cross so that I could be the life and the hope and not a lukewarm builder-upper, but an awesome all-the-way builder-upper, encouraging people and glorifying God with every word that comes out of my mouth. Every single word. I'm done Man, I, I, I'm done. I'm done living halfway lukewarm with my words and, and not, and I don't want to like, we need to have fun and not take ourselves so seriously sometimes. That, that's a word. We need to preach that. Holy cow. But man, with the words that come out of our mouth, they're meant to breathe life, not death. 
And I'm not called to be a lukewarm builder-upper. I'm called to make people better with my words. I, I want people to leave my presence, my physical presence. I want them to leave me feeling more encouraged, more built up, more pointed towards Jesus. I, I, like Whatever it is that comes out of my mouth, that leaves them feeling, man, man, I, I just love them. I'm just so encouraged. And what, what I believe God wants to show us and convict us and, and, and do in us is that most of the time when people leave us, they do not feel more encouraged and more built up than when they came. And that, that's true for a lot of us. And I know some of us, maybe, maybe you're really good at this. Maybe it's, just, maybe it's just me. So the right thing to do as we leave this place is not just to stop doing what we talked about. Just stop. I just got to stop cussing. I just got to stop being passive. I just got to stop this. It's not that. It's to come before the Lord and experience heart change. Experience heart transformation. That makes our decision to want to stop based off actual conviction, actual belief, and an actual desire to glorify God and to build people up. Not just to be a better Christian or check a, list, check a thing off. Because, and I got, this, I got this weird picture, but like if we just change behavior, we don't deal with what's actually going on. And you ever played whack-a-mole? You know what I'm talking about? You take the mallet and whack-a-mole? Yeah? Yeah, cool, cool. <laughs> but I think a lot of times, and especially because I know a lot of you, you come a lot, praise God. But a lot of you leave here with this big passion and desire to go change. But all you got is a mallet in your hand and you just, and it just pops up somewhere else. And can I, we, need, we need to like deal with the mole. We need to get like a, whatever it's called in it. What are the, what are the things called? Traps, but the, traps, but the people who set the traps, we need that. And you don't, do you know who that is in our lives? Exterminator, sure, whatever. Do you know who that is? It's Jesus in your life. Stop trying to just whack the mole and come before the Father and say, hey, can you, can you deal with this mole inside my heart? Because if I, if I just keep whacking it with my mallet that's not sufficient enough, it's just going to come up in another place and my heart is just going to be just the same as it was five days ago. So hear me, hear me, right here. Hear me, please. Heart change starts with repentance. It really does. First to God and then to people. And so, as we, as we close tonight, if we close tonight and you're in this room and you, and you, and you fit somewhere in here, something in here, has challenged you, something that we read, something, something that struck you of. Maybe, maybe it's stuff that you need to check your heart about that what's coming out of your mouth. Maybe, maybe it's the, the, the words that you speak over yourself. Maybe, maybe it's the way you treat people, the way you love people, the way you speak to them, whatever it is. Or, or maybe you, you need to speak up or maybe whatever it is. But, but for those of you specifically that maybe you need to like literally repent before God. God, I, I, I repent. I repent. For, for speaking words out of my mouth that are not glorifying you and are not building people up. Or maybe, this one's a little scarier, 
but you know somebody, they come to mind when I was talking, that you know you've spoke negative, whatever. You, you've spoken to them in a way that does not build them up, like sp- intentionally. Whether you knew it in the moment or not, it's not really important. Because if you think that they possibly, in any way, like 1% chance, were hurt, offended, torn down by what you spoke to them, it is your responsibility to go make it right. And so, in this category of your life, because God wants your whole life, if you need to repent or you are challenged and convicted that you need to speak up, will you just stand to your feet? Come on. Stand to your feet. If this is in you and you, you, you feel something of conviction, you feel something of, man, I need to check my heart with what I'm speaking. I need, to be, I need to be checking my heart with how I speak to people, how I speak over myself. Come on. Oh. Because I don't know about you, this is convicting. This convicts me. This convicts me a lot. And so I want to I pray for us. So. Let's bow our heads. Let's close our eyes. Father, thank you. God, thank you first and foremost for your grace. Thank you for your grace. God, thank you for, for, for sending your son Jesus to, to die on a cross and be resurrected so that we could experience the grace of God right here, right now in this moment. God, I thank you for conviction and not condemnation. God, because those who are in Christ Jesus, there is no condemnation. There is only conviction. And it is out of love and out of heart to make us more like you. And so, God, make me more like you. And God, I pray for every student in this place, every leader in this place that in some way has felt some sense of conviction of, of, of the words that are coming out of my mouth are not glorifying God and not building people up. Or maybe in this room and you feel like, man, I just need to speak up. I have been, I have been chained. There has been whatever, a muzzle on my, on my mouth and I have just been so fearful to speak up and I need to speak up. God's calling me to speak up. God, I pray right now for boldness in Jesus' name. I pray for, for an increase of faith to believe that they have something in them that nobody else has. And God, I pray for the friend groups in here that it wouldn't just be surface level stuff of just sarcasm and jokes and let's hang out and have fun. But God, that there would be deep, intentional encouragement and and building up that happens when they hang out. That that it's not just relationships that just like, let's just go with the flow and do stuff that sounds crazy and fun. But God, let's build each other up, build each other up. And that happens through our words. That happens how we speak to each other. And so God, I pray for life groups, 9th, 10th, 11th, and 12th, boys and girls. God, that they would speak life in those moments they have together. God, I I pray that there would be an actual encouragement, their actually actual vulnerability, God, to be able to share the things going on in their life so that they can build one another up and in doing so, glorify you. God, I pray for the people in here that feel convicted about how they speak about people that they don't even know, that they don't even have any relationship with, but they maybe gossip about them or they judge them with their words. God, I pray, God, for a conviction that comes only from the Father, God, to begin to do what only you can do in our hearts. And God, I pray, God, that as we come before you, in repentance, saying, God, I want to glorify you with my words. I want to build people up. I want, I want people to leave my presence feeling encouraged and built up and confident that they have a call on their life and that I'm behind them supporting them. God, I pray for that kind of, that kind of uh, just tenacity and intention, God, to be uh, not a lukewarm builder upper, but a full, full-time, all the way lukewarm builder, not a lukewarm, builder upper, all the way with everything in me, I'm going to build people up and I'm going to glorify God with my words. In Jesus' name, the church said amen. Amen. Hey, come on. Yeah.
And I want to challenge you. Hear me. Hear me. I want to challenge you because it is such our tendency to leave this place and say, man, that was a great word. <laughs> and not do anything about it. <laughs> and so I, I, I want to challenge you. If you want to take this seriously, one way to do it is write it down. Okay? So go home, write something down. This is what I'm going to work on. This is what I'm going to do to better glorify God and build people up with my words. And I'm telling you, as you begin to walk that out, God's going to do something in you that you've never experienced before because there is power in your words. Amen? Amen. We love you. We'll see you at the house party on Wednesday or next Sunday right here. No, not right here. Super Bowl Sunday party, whatever. God is king, we the soldiers. Ultra beam out the solar. When I get to heaven's gates, I ain't gotta peek over. Keeping perfect composure. When I scream at the chauffeur.